0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 186, and the quote of the day is from Malcolm Gladwell, who said, nobody accomplishes success by themselves. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals, information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Rafini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource podcast. And this session is brought to you by Dream Symbols. And we are giving away a 22-inch Gorilla Bliss ride symbol. And today is actually the last day that you can enter to win. So if you go to drummersresource.com forward slash dream, there's a little survey that you can fill out, and you'll automatically be entered to win a 22-inch Gorilla Bliss ride from Dream Symbols. Check it out, drummersresource.com forward slash the session is also brought to you by Audible and Audible is a marketplace where you can go and download audible or audio books. And my guest today, Dave Cusack, has a book in Audible that you can download called The Future of Music. And if you go to audible.com forward slash drummer, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash drummer. You can get that book 100% free because they are a sponsor on this podcast. So check it out, audible.com forward slash Drummer. Now, let's get into the interview today with Dave Kusak. He is the founder of New Artist Model, and that is a site that helps DIY musicians like ourselves master the art of business, their career, uh, how to get publishing, how to get gigs, how to, uh, how to make money, how to do crowdfunding, all sorts of different things as a DIY musician. He also talks about team building and things like that. Really, really great stuff. He's also worked at Berkeley, and he was one of the innovators with MIDI and all sorts of stuff like that. So really interesting guy, has a ton of information about the music industry. So without further ado, let's get into it with Mr. Dave Cusick. Dave, how are you? Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it.
1: Hi Nick, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, and the the audience knows, and and you know maybe you don't know, but the, uh, in the podcast I always like to give a well rounded look of the music industry. So I always want to get not only drummers but keyboard players and producers and engineers and people who work in the industry to sort of tell the whole story of of what it is to have a career in music and what it's like to pursue one and, you know, the real ins and outs and, and the coaster ride that is the music industry. And I came across your site and I thought, man, this would be a great guy to have on the podcast because of your years of, of knowledge and the things that you've done. So for the audience, can you just give a little bit of, of backstory on yourself and, and who you are and where you come from and the things that, that you've done in the past?
1: Sure. Well, coincidentally, I got my start uh, really working uh, in the synthesizer industry. We created uh, electronic drums. We had a product called Synair, and it was really the very first electronic drums uh, on the market. And uh, we, we originally started trying to make uh, almost like a mallet percussion instrument, but we mm-hmm. quickly learned that. People wanted it to be like a drum, look like a drum. So we made these things that looked like flying saucers. And uh, the real breakthrough came when we <laughs> we just decided, okay, these things should mount on a on a normal Ludwig stand or a drum workshop kit. And once we did that, people could integrate them with their drums. Uh, the product really started to take off. So, I've been working in you know music and technology. Uh, for a good part of my career, I started a software company called Passport in the in the 80s, and we made uh, MIDI sequencers and music notation software, and uh, got involved with helping to create MIDI and get MIDI established in the marketplace. And then I transitioned more into uh, kind of business and marketing, and I. My family and I moved to Boston, I got involved with Berklee College of Music, and we decided that we would create an online music school, uh, which we did uh, called, uh, it's currently called Berklee Online, and it's become a a very, very big part of the college. We learned how to teach performance online, how to teach business and production and songwriting, and it had a, had a lot of success with that. And I worked with tens of thousands of musicians around the world. I uh, got a good feel of what was happening in the independent music scene. Uh, I hooked up with a friend of mine uh, named Gerd Leonard. And we wrote a book called The Future of Music in 2005 that uh, predicted a lot of what's happened in the music industry. And I was you know, a very close watcher of what was going on. Uh, particularly with the internet and how it was changing things, and uh, so a few years ago I left Berkeley and I started a new online school called New Artist Model, NewArtistModel.com. And what I'm doing is working with independent musicians, producers, managers, songwriters, all all around the world, uh, teaching music business, teaching marketing, teaching management, trying to help people. You know, make sense of the business and their place in it, and how they can move forward with their career and make some money.
0: Awesome. So, I have a question about the. So, did you backtracking a little bit, and then we'll get up to the to the current. Um, so, with the with the pads and then the MIDI. So, did you guys actually develop the MIDI technology?
1: Uh, we we definitely were involved. We were mostly uh, working in connecting MIDI instruments, uh, because the Prophet 5 and the Yamaha DX7 were among the first instruments. And we were really working with connecting those to personal computers. So we made MIDI interfaces for Apple computers and Macs and uh, lots of other computers. Uh, And we wrote software so that people could record and play back and edit uh, and create notation and print notation. So I was really working on the software and computer side of it. Mm -hmm.
0: So for the people who don't know, what are the, what are sort of the advantages of MIDI? Why was so, why was MIDI so, so revolutionary when, when people started to use it?
1: Sure. Well, MIDI was a great, uh, very compact way of recording uh, performances. And it was very, very simple to record, you know, somebody playing on a MIDI instrument and then edit that file and things like transposing keys and making it faster and slower. All the things you can do today with digital audio really started out uh, with MIDI because it was, you know, it was a lighter format and the computers weren't as sophisticated as they are today. But it was a great way of uh, connecting instruments and letting people capture performances and goof around with those performances and, you know, make them better, edit them,
0: Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure, sure so fast forwarding a little bit now you you start to get into Berkeley and you start developing this curriculum for for Berkeley for for online aside from the performance stuff um, because I, I I'm guessing that the audience sort of understands what goes into a performance degree but a music business degree is a little bit different so what are some of the things that one that you guys covered in there and and two what are some things that maybe you see a lot of independent artists are lacking or independent artists maybe don't understand uh, in in the pursuit of their careers
1: sure well you know honestly Nick I'd rather talk about the new artist model and what we're teaching now and let's do it let's do the, it uh, you know I made a very conscious decision to leave Berkeley because we had a lot of success, but our programs were very, very expensive and honestly out of the reach of most people. Uh, so I wanted to start over with a business training program that was very much on the ground, very very practical, uh, things that were working in the market today uh, rather than sort of the theory and the way that business used to work. So we really created uh, a program. I have two main programs that that we're focused on one is called my essential program and one is called my master program and they both have the the core elements uh, of looking at yourself in the market what you stand for what your brand is all about uh what are your goals what's going to make you happy uh in music what are you trying to achieve uh what kind of a team do you have and Perhaps what kind of a team do you need to get to help you? Because you honestly can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody gets to a point where you know they try and do it themselves, but the, you know you you generally hit a wall if you're having any success at all where you need help. So we look at that and we look at you know your strategy for performing, for uh, recording, for distribution, uh, for merchandise, for publishing, for licensing, for sponsorship. Uh, for crowdfunding, if you're into that, you want to raise money or gather money to fund your, your marketing and your tour, perhaps. Uh, then we put together a marketing plan, and we look at creating a budget for yourself. And you end up going through the program, having a plan of attack for your career that's custom tailored to what you want to do. Uh, and then you go ahead and and you start executing on that plan. And I've worked so far with about 1,500 artists in the last two years, uh, creating plans for them and helping them, you know, succeed in their version of, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to do in the market. So that's my main program. And my master program adds monthly master classes to that program where we work for a couple of hours online in a video chat and we work on specific issues. So one month might be, you know, social media, another month might be uh, getting sponsorships, another month might be uh, putting together your crowdfunding campaign. So we, we step through it like that. And that's a chance for people to really, uh, you know, ask me any kind of questions and show me what they're working on, and, and uh, we can try and take it further.
0: Sure. So, what are some of the, the mistakes that you see when people are sort of navigating through their career? Is is there, are there common themes that you, that you see, or does it sort of run the gamut of, of issues?
1: Well, there, there's certainly some common themes. Uh, people waste a lot of time doing things that are not going to move the needle for them. So that's a common theme that I, uh, see all the time is, you know, you, you, you see your buddy doing this and that, and you think you have to do it, uh. When in fact you really need to take a look at what are, what is your career all about and what's going to work for you, uh, and then focusing in on those things that are going to work for you and help you you know get further to your goal. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you know if you're not if you're not going to perform at all, then spending time you know working on uh, you know how to build a a live audience and how to you know attract people to your email list so that they might come to gigs and and so on could be a complete waste of time for you uh where if instead you're a you know songwriter producer then you should be focused on building your network of uh, professional connections uh, co-writing with other people finding a publisher Uh, so you know what you're gonna focus on Uh, really depends on what your goals are. And that's a common uh, mistake that I see people making. Uh, The other one, honestly, Nick, is uh, what I alluded to earlier. You know, I think DIY is a a huge disservice to the music community because you literally cannot get very far on your own. You're going to need help, and that help, you know, your team – really also depends on what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your career. Mm -hmm. And once you work on that, you can begin to identify what you're good at and what you'd like to do. And then where, you know, where your weaknesses are and where your, the holes in your, in your plan are. And that allows you to go look for particular kinds of people that can help you. You know, if it's a manager or a publisher or a, you know, somebody to help you with your marketing or with your website, just really depends on kind of what you're good at, what you'd like to do and where you're headed helps you figure out a team.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, it's something that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration is that the music business is business and the way that you run any other business and any other business that I've owned, I start with myself and then you start to assemble a team. You start to hire, like you said, the people who are good at what they do. You don't do the things that you're not good at. You hire people that are that do that job really, really well and you start to grow this organization. And it's no different from a band or a career you know, in, in music, it like I said, it's the music business. It's not as Russ Miller likes to say, it's not the music hangout with your friends. So you you have to uh you have to approach it as a business. But here so here's my question because I I think that I hear this a lot and I've heard it, you know, in my multiple years of of being in bands and, and touring. Say somebody comes in and says, Hey, Dave, listen, I got a band. We're doing okay. We're, you know, we're playing 70, 80, 100 shows a year. We're barely making ends meet. We're, we're bogged down. We can't make it, you know, we're, it's not a full-time thing right now, but we can't do everything. How do we hire a team without having a ton of money to throw at it? How do you start developing your team when, when funds are are limited?
1: Sure. Well, that, that's uh probably the most common problem. Uh, What I recommend is that people really understand what they're all about, why they're doing this uh, in terms of pursuing a career in music, what they're trying to accomplish, and to be able to communicate and articulate that to people. First and foremost, if you want somebody to come work for you, whether you're paying them or not, you want them to buy into your vision and to, you know, give their best effort uh, to help you move toward your, your dream and, and your goal. And quite often that that is, uh, it's not always enough to draw people in, but you'd be surprised that if you can really clearly get people excited about what you're all about and and they want to be successful too, and they want to be part of something that's successful. That's the first step in bringing somebody on board. Uh, second thing that I always counsel people to do is to get very focused on what you need help in, because if you're going to dole out, you know, even 10 bucks an hour to somebody, you don't want to waste that, uh, you know, having them, spin their wheels or go get you coffee or whatever, right? You want to get them laser focused on the things that are going to move you forward so that you can take whatever limited resources that you have and deploy them, you know, very effectively. So that's the other thing I, I work with people on is, okay, maybe you've only got $500 to spend to, you know, help promote your, your next tour or your next uh, event. What are you going to, Uh, spend that money on in a way that's going to really make a difference for you.
0: Sure. It sort of goes back to the point that you made earlier of, of not spending time, effort, money on things that are not going to move the needle. So you don't, if, if you're in a situation where you need to promote the tour, you're not going to pay somebody to move your gear because because it's not going to, it's not going to move the needle or, you know, or whatever, you know, something other than, the, some marketing or maybe you have a cousin who understands email marketing and say, Hey, listen, do you want maybe like a little side hustle to sort of help us out while we're, while we're trying to grow this thing? And as the band grows, then you'll grow as a, uh, as a member of that team.
1: Yeah, exactly. That is the pitch. The other thing I think musicians don't always realize is that, you know, if you've been a musician for, you know, five, 10 years or more, uh, and you've been in the studio, and you've been on the road, your world is very appealing to a lot of people. Sure. And that if you can find a way to let them in, and it's back to you know, what I said earlier about getting them inspired, you'd be surprised how many people, you know, they're working at some grind job that they really don't enjoy, but they have some skills. And if you let them into your world a little bit and ask them to help you, Be specific about what you want them to do. Quite often, people are going to be, yeah, man, I would love to do that. I can give you five, 10 hours a week. You don't even have to pay me. Just take me, you know, let me come in the studio for a while or take me on the road with you or give me a glimpse into, you know, this mysterious world. It doesn't always work, but you'd be surprised how many uh, very skilled people would like to have a chance to dabble in the in the market and help you
0: out. When, when I first started my band, we did the same exact thing. We would bring video guys or, you know, photographers or, or anything with us. And we'll say, Hey, look, we can't pay you, but you can come on the road with us. We can introduce you to, to all these people. You get to come to these really cool venues and, and hang out. And then when I started drummers resource, I did the same thing with a couple people. I said, Hey, listen, I can't, and, you know, I'm starting a business, I can't pay you right now, but I'll give you anytime I'm going to a concert, you can come with me, I'll get you swag, I can get you all this stuff from the drum companies, I can make connections in the, in the industry. Uh, but that's what I can offer now. And now I have some people that I pay, thankfully. But, uh, but th- yeah, that's how, you know, bootstrapping it.
1: That's how you do it. You know, another good resource is college interns. If you live near a college, a community college or a big college or uh, university, they have opportunities where you know people from the marketing department or you know some other professional department communications maybe they're looking for internship opportunities and if you offer one the college will set you up the intern will come they'll work for nothing they'll get some college credit out of the deal and that's a tremendous source of free labor
0: sure so now do you think that And the reason why I'm asking this is because, you know, the bulk, 99% of the audience, uh, they're all drummers. So is there a different approach from, say, a band perspective or an individual artist perspective to someone who's a drummer who's, you know, most of the time a sideman? And is there sort of a different way that you suggest people going about growing their career?
1: Uh, That's a great question. Um, Yes, you're professional network is probably your biggest asset so if you're going to make your money as a session player or perhaps a co-writer once in a while you know as a as a performer in a band you want to make sure that you're presenting yourself that way that it's not about your album or your songs necessarily and i'm talking about your website Mm -hmm. uh, to start with that you're presenting yourself as you know i'm a i'm a session player or i'm uh available to go on the road these are the dates that i've done these are the quotes that i've gotten from the people that i've worked with or the the tour managers that i've worked with or the bands that i've played in so that's number 1 and number 2 is that you should be focusing on developing your professional network in every way that you possibly can so going to showcases, going to local clubs, meeting other musicians, meeting managers, meeting industry folks, going to conferences. Uh, every opportunity that you have to go make a connection is, is a worthwhile opportunity. And they may not all bear fruit right away, as you well know. Uh, it may take years for a connection that you make today to, to pan out. But the more connections you have, the more opportunities you're going to have, you know, what I found and I'm sure you've seen it too, is that people tend to hire people that they know. Yep. And if you're at the if you're the right person at the right place at the right time, you're gonna get the gig. And if you're not out there networking, you know, all of those opportunities are gonna go to somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have I actually have a, a course through Drummers Resource that we're in the middle of right now. It's called Bigger Better Gigs. And it's it helps sidemen get bigger and better gigs and, and the networking thing and getting out there and creating relationships is always the one sort of hiccup that everybody has. And they say, yeah, but how do I do that? And you know, it's a matter of going out, adding value, not, not looking for something in return right away. And like you said, some of these relationships, I, I literally tell this story all the time. So I'm not going to bore the audience with it again, but I had a 13 year relationship that paid zero dividends until 13 years later. So, I mean, I'm friends, I'm very good friends with the guy, but never once was it, you know, let me see what I can get out of this situation. And 13 years later, something really great came out of it. And it's like, you know, if I, if I was, wasn't out there networking and promoting and, and shaking hands and, and introducing myself to people that would have never happened.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And it's a, you know, it's a, philosophy that you you want to give before you get you want to start a relationship with no expectations you don't want to ask people for stuff you don't want you don't want to give them your cd when you first meet them you want to develop a relationship ask them about themselves try and find some common ground and see where that leads you know as you said almost every big opportunity in my life or any significant money I ever made came from somebody I met somewhere out in the world that uh, remembered me and said, hmm, I'm going to give Dave a call.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, and I've tried to explain this numerous times, too, that when the call comes in for that gig. It's never, it's never just a random call. It's someone who has worked with you before, who's worked with someone that you've worked with before. And going back to what you said, people want to work with who, who they know. People, same thing with business. People buy from who they know, like, and trust. And the, the, the more you can look at this as a business without, without sucking the artistry out of it, but, But making sure that you're looking at a at a business. If you want to do this as a career, if you don't, then then maybe you don't have to, you know, sort of put the pedal to the metal all the time to try to accomplish this. But if you want to do this as as a career, that's that's the way you got to do it. You got it's got to be it's got to be a business approach.
1: Yeah, I mean, I found with all of the artists that I've worked with that the ones that kind of get the business side of things together, one way or another uh those are the ones that open up uh, sort of more artistic freedom for themselves because they've got the business side taken care of and it's it's a huge balancing act for most people because you'd rather just uh, you know write and play and record all day long uh, So it you know it's a matter of focus of you know some, hours of a day are on business and some hours of a day are on songwriting or practicing. Some hours of the day are on networking. It depends how you want to split it up, but over and over again, the folks that get the business side of things, at least moving forward and to a point where they understand what's going on and kind of what's going to matter for them. Those are the ones that end up creating time to write more, or to record more or to network more uh, because they've sort of taken care of business first.
0: Sure. And it's, it's, if you have the financial things taken care of, it's sort of one less thing to worry about. You don't have to worry about, you know, is there money coming in or anything like that? If you have, if you have your financial model in place and, and you're generating revenue and you have that figured out, then it makes, I think it makes things easier. You know, the more money that's coming in, the more you have freedom to do the things that you really want to do, which is write, create, tour, you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And I've also found that, you know, these days you're going to need two or three sources of income uh, in order to make it. And that can be, you know, it can be playing as a sideman. It could be merchandise. It could be publishing. uh, It could be some kind of crowdfunding. uh, It could be some regular touring, touring income. Whatever it is, you're going to need two or three of those revenue streams working for you to kind of float your boat and, and let you do what you want to do. Uh, another mistake I see a lot of people make is just trying to focus on one thing to get it to happen. Right. you got to start with something, but these days it's so difficult to you know, make enough money in music that most people have two or three or five revenue streams happening that collectively give them the income that they need in order to pursue the career they want to pursue.
0: Sure. Most of the sidemen that I know, not only are they playing with some of the biggest name acts, but they're also doing clinics in whatever town they're in. They have books, they do Skype lessons, they have speaking engagements. I mean, they have all sorts of things going on.
1: That's exactly right.
0: So I wanted to ask you, and I know that uh, you're limited on time, so I want to be I want to be cognizant of that. But a uh, quick question about you had mentioned some conferences or going to conferences. Are there any particular conferences that you recommend that people check out?
1: I think it really depends on your your genre, uh, your type of music. Um, you know, it could be folk alliance, it could be Americana. If you're into that, it could be. Uh, you know, winter music, if you're more of an electronic person, uh, South By, of course, you know, it's sort of like a must go to. It's an insane madhouse, but there's probably no better networking environment than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the business conferences, you know, ASCAP Expo is pretty good. Uh, I've enjoyed SF Music Tech a bunch. I used to go to the Billboard conferences, but they're, they're not quite so prolific anymore uh, CMJ, that was another good one, but it's, it's not quite so good. I'm sure there are new conferences coming up all the time that are, you know, specializing. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't just stick with the, 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 you know, the old standards, but those are the ones that come off the top of my head.
0: Okay, great. So if, uh, if people want to learn more about you, connect with you, they want to get enrolled in the new artist model, which is amazing before, before you mentioned, before you, say all of your uh your addresses and all that i was just looking over the the prices for new artist model I, it's it's cheap you know it's it's totally affordable it's not like spending ten, twenty, thirty, fifty, eighty thousand dollars on you know a lot of other places that have this uh this this music th- these music courses so
1: it's great well that you know that's been a lot of our strategy uh you know i i sold expensive courses and programs in It was great for people who could afford them, but 90% of the people couldn't. So New Artist Model is really all about providing relevant training and education to working musicians. We have memberships, uh, $29 a month, $99 a month, get you my basic programs. Uh, $29 gets you the essential program that I talked about earlier a month. $99 a month gets you all of that plus... A social media marketing course uh, and monthly master classes with me, where you can ask me any questions you want. Uh, I have some other programs that are that are more around $100 uh, that are focused on particular topics, but primarily, uh, you know, I want to work with people that are serious about moving their career forward, and you know, it takes a little bit of commitment to do that, but. I understand the realities of the market and you know, education is part of what you need, but you still I tell people, you know, if you're gonna go get a music degree and you're gonna think about spending fifty or a hundred grand on that, come take a look at new artist model, spend less than a thousand dollars, take the rest of the money and invest it in your marketing.
0: Right. Or <laughs>
1: or buy a house. Yeah. Right. Don't be crazy and where where you spend your money on education and training cuz these days you don't need to spend that much.
0: Right. I agree, especially now, you know, it's 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 sort of it's DIY. You can do this you can do this on your own and the and the tools are there to to do it and the technology is out there to make it a lot cheaper to spread your word, to build build websites, build apps, build you know, record whatever it is. So you don't need these these millions of dollars behind you. So, it's
1: yeah, totally agree.
0: So, the site is newartistmodel.com, and I'm guessing that's the best way that they can directly connect with you as well if they want to.
1: Yeah, that's the best way. Um, if you come to the site, you'll see uh, lots of different points of interest. If you opt into our email list, uh, we will be sending you relevant ebooks and videos and free lessons so you have a chance to check it all out before you spend any money at all and you know I'm I'm happy to work with people that are serious about moving their career forward
0: amazing well, Dave, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate it. I hope the, the listener, well, I know the listeners got something out of that. And I also suggest you guys check out newartistmodel.com. Like Dave said, even if you, you want to just sort of get in there and learn a little bit about, about the courses, a little bit about some of the free stuff that he has, check that out, feel it out, and then, you know, make the commitment to, uh, to further your career. So Dave, again, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I appreciate that you're, Helping uh, the little guy, us little guys uh, advance our, advance our careers rather than you know dealing with the, the high end.:
1: Well, hey, it's my pleasure, Nick. Thank you very much and you know everybody out there, just you know believe in yourself, keep going, you can do it, don't give up, don't let anybody get you down. just keep going.
0: I like it. Dave, thank you again and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right, thanks, All right. Nick. Thanks. So there you have it, Dave Cusick. For all the links to everything that we talked about, you can go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 186. Also, if you want to pick up Dave's book, The Future of Music, Head over to audible.com forward slash drummer. That's audible.com forward slash drummer. And you can download the audio version of that book 100% free. Audible.com forward slash drummer. And you can also check out newartistmodel.com to get all of Dave's info. Sign up for his courses and learn more about what he has to offer over there. So... That's about it. I hope you have a awesome weekend, and I'll be back on Monday with a new interview. So, I will talk to you soon. Sorry, that ending sounded like a little different than, than normal, but, oh well, what are you going to do? I'm not a robot. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.